We We are women. In today's episode, we will hear from a selection of strong women talking about their inspirations. You'll hear poetry and an interview with Sally Jackson from the Philia organisation. And she's going to be telling us about a current campaign they're working on supporting lesbians in the Kakuma refugee camp. I'm inspired by my mum because she is the backbone of my family. I'm inspired by my future self and knowing what I can accomplish. I am inspired by my mum, such a strong and brave woman to have fought cancer several times. Whenever I have an off day, my mum is the first person I call. She's my sounding board, my sanity, my coach and my rock. Whenever I lose perspective on things and start complaining about a situation, she gently eases me back onto a positive track. She refuses to let me make myself a victim of whatever is bothering me, always reminding me that this too shall pass and tells me to do my yoga whenever I'm off balance. And guess what? Her advice is always right. I always feel better after I talk to my mum. I don't know how she does it, but she somehow sends me strength that I didn't know I had. A woman who inspires me is 21-year-old activist Florence Given. She encourages women to be unapologetically themselves and to ask for what they're entitled to. Her book, Women Don't Owe You Pretty, is essential reading for everyone to understand self-love and how to set healthy boundaries to make your relationship with yourself and others thrive. We really can learn so much from the next generation of feminists. I think the 16 Days of Activism campaign is a really important campaign because obviously none of these horrific things should be happening to women. We just need to live in a world where women are safe and are treated as equals and women's rights are actually human rights and we all deserve better. I also think that uh, particularly this year, violence has been on the increase. People have had such a difficult time, but in particular women who have carried so much more of the load of caring and worrying and sorting and organising in a context where services have shrank, where the world has shrank and has just got a little bit scarier. I think this year's campaign is particularly energising and relevant in reminding us that we are not alone, that there is support, that there are people who care, that uh, there are women and men doing the work and fighting for a better future, for a safer future, for a more equal future. And that is why I support the 16 Days of Activism Against Gender Violence campaign. We are women. Joining us now, we have Sally Jackson, Chair of Trustees for the Philia organisation. So let's start with you just telling us a bit about what your role is and what the organisation does. Philia is a women's rights charity. Um, We started off initially with uh, putting on a conference about women's rights, a daily conference. And over the years since uh, 2013, that's expanded now to a two-day event uh, with speakers from across the world, national and local speakers. We have sort of three central things that we want to do at Philia. It's about building sisterhood and solidarity um, among women, um, locally, nationally and internationally. Something that's really important to us is amplifying the voices of women, and particularly those that are less often heard and those that are purposefully silenced. And, of course, to defend women's human rights. Um, We're in a a situation in 2020 where there is still nowhere where women are completely equal 
and lots of aspects of our rights which um, either are yet to be fought for and gained um, or we're fighting to keep. So that as an organisation which is run by volunteers keeps us all busy but also always energised and has the added wonderful bonus of enabling us to meet some wonderful women and inspiring women along the way. Your organisation sounds amazing and even more so that you're volunteers. So a big well done and thank you for the great work you're doing. Is there a particular campaign you're working at the moment that you want to highlight and spread the word about? Uh, Yes, actually. Um, Since earlier this summer, we've been in contact um, to the issues that some women uh, lesbians in a refugee camp uh, over in Kenya, a place called Kakuma. Basically, these women are separated, as as are the other um, gay, bisexual and transgendered um, refugees within the, the, the camp in Kenya to a specific area, which is called Block 13. Allegedly, so that, you know, being together, they can support each other, they'll be with like-minded people. But unfortunately, what's occurred is it's basically labelled and targeted these people um, as lesbian, gay, bisexual or or transgendered people. And this is in a a country um, in Kenya where it is illegal to be gay. And most of the other refugees in the camp um, are from countries where likewise it's illegal, um, often with, you know, life prison sentences or even the death penalty in in some countries. And so the way in which those refugees are treated um, is extremely concerning. Um, And also, I think what we've realised is we, in some ways, weren't surprised that if people came from a country um, where being gay was illegal, that there might be discrimination. But what we hadn't encountered before was the fact that the people who were running the camp, um, the United Nations um, Human Rights Commission staff, the the hospital staff, the health staff, the police staff within the camp, are of course also from those communities and have very similar homophobic views. But we were able to speak to some of the women that live in the camp and we spoke to Kelly, to Eva, Karen, Juliet, Seema, Latifa, Anne-Marie, Brenda and Regina and just ask them what life was like for them in the camp. In the time that they've been there and we're talking about in total um, 137 refugees and and that includes 25 children. Um, It was 26 and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. But they've had 44 different attacks that when I say attacks, when we're talking physical attacks, we usually, they are attacks with knives. Um, So women have been cut, um, attacked with machetes. We're talking about serious injuries here. There have been two gang rapes. There's been uh, one rape and four attempted rapes. So we're talking about really serious crimes being committed against these people. And then when they report it, when they go to the hospital um, for treatment, Sometimes they're told, you're not welcome here, you're gay, go away, we won't treat you. And they have to rely on their friends uh, within Block 13 to provide support for them. When they report to the police, the police officers themselves are saying to women, well, come here and I'll teach you how to be a proper woman. 
basically, you know, a threat of rape in itself when they're there reporting a rape that's just occurred. And we were just horrified by what was happening in this camp. And we're campaigning with the UNHCR and the Kenyan government to try and get, you know, the whole of Block 13 evacuated from this camp and their their refugee applications expedited so that they can get to a place where they can start to rebuild and live their life um, in the way that they want and in safety. So I mentioned earlier um, about the number of children. Back in July, um, a, a group of the refugees went to the UNHCR sort of compound, their head office, so to speak, to say that they wanted more security. They were frightened. People were coming, um, attacking them, uh, setting fire to the houses they were living in, or, you know, houses is a huge exaggeration. Um, the shelters that they were living in, stealing stealing things from, from their, their shelters. So they went to the UNHCR to demand better security. The UNHCR refused to speak to them. So they spent three days in total trying to get some dialogue with them. And eventually the UNHCR decided to ask the police to move them on, the local police. So the police came along with um, sticks to beat them with and tear gas to, to fire at them, to disperse them, and literally chase them out of the compound. Now within the group that were chased out um, was one of the women we spoke to, Regina. And she had literally three days before that given birth to a baby girl. The baby girl was called Patricia, but the camp, um, the refugees all called her baby COVID because of course born in these times. And as she was running away, one of the canisters hit baby COVID. And when I spoke to her, I was, um, it was a, a video call and I could see the scars on baby COVID's neck and back where this canister had hit her. And we were all absolutely devastated um, back in September, the 16th of September, to learn that little baby COVID didn't survive, that she'd had problems with breathing since she was born. And she sadly um, was unable to continue and, and died on the 16th of September. So I, I couldn't say that it was a direct result of that, but certainly that was a... a part and parcel of the impact of it i just don't know how to put into words or respond um to that it makes me i feel so sorry for the mother um what can we do as the outsiders you know hearing these stories how can we support these women what's our core to action. I completely understand. Um, I, I chat with uh, Regina, um, the mum, most days and, you know, especially as you can imagine, um, since Patricia died, it's been really hard across these miles, you know, to find any, anything like the words to try and offer her comfort. And um, just even very recently, they both had malaria, her and her other daughter, sorry, um, she has another daughter, Angela. And just the thought that she could possibly lose another daughter, I was, you know, I was at a complete loss of, of what to say and how to support her, other than to say that they're not on their own, 
um, that, you know, we we care about them. We're trying to, to support them and to help them um, and and get the word out about what's what's happening to them. And what we've done on our on our website, I mentioned the um, the podcast was available on our website. You will see on that page we've put together a campaign pack, um, and there's opportunities there um, depending on on what time and what, and what resources you have to be able to um, sort of write a letter to the UNHCR because. Um, you know they do a great job. I don't want to put the UNHCR down. You know across the world, um, unfortunately, as you know, we're at a time when there's increasing numbers of refugees um, from various countries where usually um, men have gone in and you know either taken their land or taken their resources, um, and people are having to flee their homelands. And so consequently, with the increase in refugees, obviously that's um, a, a real issue for UNHCR to deal with. But I think they haven't really got their heads around the fact that they are trying to support lesbians, um, gay men, bisexuals, transgendered people in a country that is inherently uh, homophobic. And so the only safe route is to get them out of there. There's a, there's a letter in the campaign pack that you can write to UNCR asking them to act. Um, there's uh, information there where you'd be able to make a donation because one of the things that we do have is a network of international supporters Um, and with the money that we raise via that network um, we can just support them with some very simple things like um, blankets Um, for instance one of the issues that they have is they don't quite have enough shelters for the number of refugees they are and of course People are really frightened about what might happen in the night. And so consequently, they take it in turns with some people sleeping inside the shelter. They try and make sure that the the mothers and children um, have a place to sleep inside. But the others will sleep outside and keep watch. Um, And obviously, that means that they're they're out in the elements. So things like blankets can be really useful. Um, Being able to pay for health care, because again, like I said, when uh, Regina had malaria, um, when you go to the hospital there, you have to pay for treatment. Um, So making sure that they've got enough money to to cover those costs. Um, And sometimes, you know, just the basics. Um, The food rationing um, is enough to survive on. That's what it's designed to be. So to be able sometimes to buy a little treat for some of the children, um, things like that, just to make life a little bit more bearable, um, really, um, it really does make a difference if people can donate and, and support via that link. And then I would also encourage you perhaps to write to your MP, ask them what's happening. Um, as I said, it, it's um, Kakama Refugee Camp in Kenya. Um, why aren't the LGBT uh, refugees being supported? Um, or, you know, do have a look on, on Facebook, the usual social media sites for Kakuma Camp. Um, join in the international activisms. Um, there's events that go on throughout the year where we try and raise awareness, we try and raise um of funds for for those camps for us as a as a woman's rights charity um we became aware of this and obviously our focus is is supporting the women in the camp but let's face it you wouldn't want any human being to go through what they're going through and we'd like to get all of them safe you can find out more information about the campaign by visiting filia.org.uk and that's f-i-l-i-a.org.uk As Sally said, they do do blogs and a podcast, so there is an episode where you can hear directly from the ladies who are in the Kakuma refugee camp. So you can hear Kelly, 
Eva, Karen, Juliet, Seema, Latifah, Anne-Marie, Brenda and Regina. Please listen to their story. Amazing things happen when women help other women. Let's pause for a moment. Let's talk about abuse and violence. Together, we can end the silence. Let's say no to victim blaming. Let's say no to shaming. It is not okay. You are not to blame. You do not have to stay. You may not feel the strength or courage to walk away. Remember, all of our tomorrows rest on the choices we make today. Let your intuition guide the way. That uneasy feeling in your gut, that little voice in your head, guess what? It's right. Listen now to end the fight. They say, shut up. We say, stand up. Step by step, find your voice. Turn the volume up. You are not alone. You will find your way to a brighter day. Taking back your power will be your finest hour. Each time a woman stands up for herself, without knowing it possibly, without claiming it, she stands up for all women. We are women. Hum ora dehe. Nusam fam. As well as the We Are Women webinars you can join, there are lots of other activities you can get involved with. On Tuesday, 8th of December, 1pm till 2pm, why don't you join the Small Things Creative Project for some poetry, music, drama over Zoom? Contact Caroline on 077 688 You can find out more by going on our Facebook page at 16 Days Bolton 2020.